Welcome to Bar Fights with attorney and advocate Sarah Klein. Taking on issues that matter and advocating for legal, cultural, and political change everywhere in order to protect children and vulnerable adults. Joining the conversation are survivors, advocates, lawyers, media personalities, athletes, celebrities, authors, wellness aficionados, and many more. Because bringing real justice takes a team of experts who care. Now, leading the fight is your host, Sarah Klein. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Bar Fights. This is your host, Sarah. I hope you're having a great start to the year. I can't believe how fast January is going. It's totally crazy. Um, Things are great in my world. And recently I was on a show that came out on Netflix called Cheer. You should check it out. Episode five deals with child sexual abuse. And every time I do media and stuff, I get new followers on my social media. And so I was popping around my Instagram and I usually don't have time to kind of look at who's who or whatever, but something struck my eye and I clicked on this profile And I started scrolling down and looking at what this dear darling person is doing in her community. And you guys, it choked me up. It brought me to tears. And I did something I've never done before. And I sent a direct message and I said, hey, you don't know me, but would you ever think of coming on my podcast? Because I'm dying to hear about you and and dying to understand sort of how you've come to where you've come in your journey. And she responded and she's here. I am so excited. So you guys, Hannah is 19 years old. And what she's doing is making these inspirational signs with really beautiful sayings on them and holding them around her town to help other people feel less alone. And I think feel more love and we'll hear it from her today, but, um, she has documented, through her social media, her struggle with anxiety, depression, ADHD, bipolar, and she's really hoping to destigmatize talking about mental health. And we're all about destigmatizing on this show. Um, and her signs, like I said, moved me. What if you were walking down the street having a shitty fucking day and you see somebody holding a sign saying you are loved, don't give up. Or you see somebody saying, thank you for being alive or you matter. The world is better with you in it. Or my personal favorite chin up buttercup. You're not alone. You know, these are the things that nobody says to us. Even our closest loved ones aren't always saying this stuff to us. And so I just thought if I was walking into the grocery store and I saw somebody standing out there holding this sign on some of those days where I've been struggling, it would really, really not only change the trajectory of my day, but change the way I was showing up in the world in a really positive, loving way. So Hannah, you're adorable. Welcome to Bar Fights. Hi, thank you for having me. 
Oh my gosh. I'm so happy you're here. And again, I hope you don't think I'm an internet stalker. No, 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 no. <laughs> I actually found you from um, Faye Maloney's page. Oh, she, okay. um, she came into the store that I work at and we were talking and I followed her on Instagram and I was kind of stalking your page and I saw you and I was like, I looked at your page and I, I thought, wow, this is this person's amazing Sarah like your story and everything you've been through is just amazing and your strength is just amazing and you amaze me and I was hoping that I'd get a message from you or a follow back but I kind of put that to the back of my mind because um like I just you're just amazing (laughs) Well, it takes one to know one girl. And at 19 years old, I was nowhere, nowhere, (laughs) nowhere near as amazing as you are. I I just am so touched. So tell me, Hannah, how in the heck did you end up being that girl standing outside your community, holding up these handmade signs? What led you to this place? Well, um, it's a I long was, story, right? It's, it it's a really is. long story. Um, <laughs> give us, when, give us, give us the, give us the, the Apple iTunes podcast <laughs> version. <laughs> okay. When I was four, I was diagnosed with ADHD and, um, the doctors had put me on medication for it. Um, and when I was six, uh, this kind of spiraled into um, uh, the medication that they had me taken, taking made it worse instead of better. And at the age of six, I began to have these um, episodes where I would um, become very violent. I would get into fights. I would um, threaten to hurt my loved ones and myself. And um, Soon enough, they were, uh, the, my parents would take me to the ER and my, the doctors would say that I was having a psychotic episode and that I needed to, um, they needed to change my medicine or they needed to put me on more medicine. They'd put me on stimulants and antipsychotics um, and it just made it worse. And so at the age of seven, my parents took me to the ER again and the ER doctors basically said, um, if she needs serious help and if you guys don't put her in what they called a PMIC, a psychiatric mental mental institution for children, um, Hmm. the state would, and they would terminate my parents' rights. At seven years old. And um, this isn't something I've talked about yet because um, it brings a lot of shame uh it it makes me feel really shameful because um it's just very hard to talk about but I know that uh basically the things that I saw there um and the neglect and the abuse that I saw a lot of the children not only me but a lot of the children go through there um really matured me and um at the age of 10 my parents decided to take me off of these medicines and start to put me through therapy and um, help me uh, start meditating. And from then, I, at the age of 10, after they t- took me off those medications, 
never had a psychotic episode again. Wow. And um, we moved back to California. We moved to Iowa during this time. And uh, that was also another factor because mm-hmm. um, I was away from my family, the people that you know I love. And um, moving has a huge impact, especially halfway across the country on a child. Um, but they took me off these medications at the age of 10. And I, I started to get better at the age of, um, I think it was 13, no, 11. I started going to therapy and at 14, um, that's when I started going to middle school and, um, uh, I was struggled with my weight really badly. Um, and it was, I was the fattest person in my middle school and the fattest person in my high school. Um, and I was bullied. I was cyber bullied. So it kind of throughout my life, I kind of had, I, I kind of developed this victim mindset, this um, mm-hmm. victim mentality. Why does this always happen to me? Why through even throughout childhood, throughout middle school, do people hate me? Like what's wrong with me? And it caused these really deep self-worth issues. Um, at the age of 14, uh, freshman year, I believe it was, uh, I started playing on the football team despite, or I started practicing for a summer on the football team. Um, and I met this guy, he was on the wrestling team and we both had uh, uh, practice during the same times. And uh, we had study hall together too. So we had mutual friends and we started talking and keep in mind, I had really low self-worth, really low confidence issues. Um, I would eat in the bathroom. Uh, I would eat lunch in the bathroom alone. A, a lot of things throughout my life I've done alone. I haven't really had friendships. I, I never really um, connected with people because I felt like it was pointless throughout childhood. I've never really had um, a people around me that really um, wanted to be my friend because I was kind of crazy. <laughs> Um, you know, um, so, um, in high school, I was really lonely and when this boy comes along, he starts talking to me and we start talking on Snapchat and, um, one thing leads to another and he asked me for inappropriate photos. And, um, at first I said, no, I'm not going to send that to you. And he blocked me and that triggered, uh, an abandonment wound for me, um, that I had from, you know, being placed in a, a PMIC, um and uh, being away from my, being taken away from my family, that kind of triggered um, that abandonment mood again. And um, I texted one of our mutual friends and I said, you know what, I'll send him those photos. And um, after I did that, of course, he messaged me and he, we started sending that stuff. And, um, he sent it out, of course, and um, that's when I started planning how I was going to kill myself. Oh, and um, I felt like uh, I should have gone to my parents. Sometimes I wish I would have gone to my parents or if I would have seen a sign like what I hold, I don't think I would have gone through with it. I think I would have gotten help and gone to my parents and said, hey, I'm planning my suicide, but I didn't because um, we were taking care of my grandma. She had Alzheimer's um, 
And my mom was already stressed through the roof. She was going through EMT school. And my dad, he was, he was, um, you know, he had meetings and I didn't want to bother my parents with that when they're already stressed, you know, enough. And so um, one day, uh, April 11th, 2017, that was the day that my mom, um, she went to her EMT class and I went, uh, my dad went to one of his meetings and um, I decided to write my suicide note and um, I took a handful of sleeping pills and I took them and I tried to kill myself. And um, when I started to lay back and feel like death come over me, that's when I started to regret my decision. And I called two of my friends. One of them left me on red. The other one um, asked for my address and she called 911 because I couldn't call 911 myself because I was not, not because I couldn't, but because I could not physically tell a dispatcher or a policeman or someone with that much authority and just dignity that I just tried to end my own life. Yeah. I couldn't, I, it felt, it made me feel sick to my stomach and I hung my head in shame when the firefighters and the police came and I was, I felt so much shame inside of me. And, um, then after that, that's when I really started, um, I started doing EMDR therapy and I started to um, meditate and, um, I started, uh, working out and really taking my mental, my physical and spiritual health into account. And I know that I started doing online schooling also. Um, and all of that put together really, really helped me, um, become the person I am today. And, um, I started holding the signs last year. We're actually coming up on a year, Yay! I believe this Wednesday. And uh, thank you. And I'm, I'm amazed because I've never stuck with anything for this long. But the, the thing that triggered me to hold the signs was hearing that suicides have gone up within my town. And I thought, well, why not just go hold a sign? Because we could post all the inspirational quotes on our Instagram and our Facebooks all we want. But it's going to be so much more impactful if you see one of those signs. It's okay to not be okay. Just don't give up. Held on just by a person on a corner, just in your face. And the first time that I went out there, it turns out that I did save someone's life. And he, after he saw the sign, he went and he got the help that he needed um, and that was a sign for me that this is something that the world needs. And this is something that I have to do no matter, despite how nervous or frightened I may be to go out there, I have to go do it because someone is going to need to see it. And yeah. This, you might be like the number one hero in my whole life. I think you <laughs> oh, just won you. the award of, of number one. I mean, 
you are 19 years old. And that story is so full of trauma and so (laughs) full of pain and so full of exploitation Mm -hmm. and, and all of the things and somehow, some way you got up off of your rock bottom. And in this short period of time, you're out there saving freaking lives (laughs) and someone like me, you know, who's, you know, many States away and, and, you know, doesn't even know you is crying at your Instagram saying that just made my day better. That just made my life better. That just showed me that on the days where I feel like I can't carry any more people on my own shoulders, someone else is out there fighting the good fight right beside me and overcoming that pain and that shame and that adversity. So you, my sweet darling, are a role model to me and and to every single one of us. And, and what I hope you now realize is that your story is so full of common themes that I think so many of us who have suffered childhood trauma can Mm -hmm. relate to, um, feeling alone, feeling abandoned, feeling like Mm -hmm. we're the only one, um, feeling like we are, something is wrong with us, Mm -hmm. whether it be physically or mentally or, um, intellectually, I just am not smart enough for that, or Mm -hmm. I'm not, you know, skinny enough for that. Or we think Mm -hmm. something's fundamentally wrong with who we are. Mm -hmm. Um, and that shame that we carry that eats us alive, Mm -hmm. which really is not ours to carry because we we're born lovable. We are lovable and mm-hmm. we deserve love. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think so many listeners, whether, you know, they're in their sixties or seventies or teens or twenties can relate so much to those themes that you encountered. The big question is, you know, you could have gone down a very different path. When you came out mm-hmm. of that suicide attempt, you could have been bitter. Mm-hmm. You could have mm-hmm. closed yourself off from the world. I tried that for mm-hmm. a long time. <laughs> um, I didn't come out of my house for a lot of years. Like how, what was it? Do you feel like in you that allowed you to take that right path instead of that left path that would have taken you down a dark path? Well, I feel like there's a lot of a lot of people in this world who experience a lot of heartbreak and trauma throughout their childhood and they allow it they allow themselves to become callous and cold because they believe that the world is callous and cold but i refuse to let that happen to me i feel like my story is so different, but there's, there are a lot of aspects that a lot of people can relate to. And I spent a lot of my childhood and a lot of my teenage years wishing that I could see someone who's gone through the same thing, talk about it. But the thing is, you can't wait on another person to do something. You, you can be that light. Don't wait for another person to, I I remember, for example, I remember um, going through social media when I was around 14, 15, 
and seeing these really skinny, beautiful models and thinking, why are there no bigger models? Why are there no plus size models? Why? I, I can't wait for the day that there's someone out there like like Tess Holiday or um, uh, there's this one girl that I follow. She posts um, her, her body and her um, stretch marks. And seeing that and seeing how other people have almost alchemized their experiences to make them better people and just spread light. That's what we need to do is spread light and spread love. And we have enough darkness in the world, enough darkness. We need more people who remain soft. And instead of staying callous and allowing the darkness to get to them, we need to show love towards people. We need more positivity and love and, and understanding and optimism because that's what that's what the world is deprived of. We're, we have war everywhere. We have hurting people and, and people who just don't listen, who like to talk over others instead of really sit down and listen to another person's opinion. It's, I feel like it's so, so important to just listen to people and offer them that understanding that they may not get because, yeah, I don't, I don't want to see callousness. I don't want to become callous or cold because of my experiences. I hope to remain positive and loving and, and keep that softness because, yeah, I'm just going around in circles. That's my are You are <laughs> beautiful beautiful human and a lot of people can say stuff like this but but they're not actually doing it right Mm -hmm. and and you're out there actually putting some action behind these beautiful words you are too oh thank you well that's why we're bonded for life because we are the doers right we're out (laughs) there just paying it forward um what are some of the reactions you get when you're out there holding these signs what do people say oh man okay so I was out there holding it uh I think it was yesterday or the day before yesterday um I got some really interesting looks one lady um, I get a lot of people who are confused. They're looking like um, uh, some people scoff. There's been a few people who are like, who look at it and then they, um, and then, but most of the time people are honking and they're rolling down their windows and they're yelling like, I love you. Then I scream, I love you too. <laughs> and um, it's just the small things like that. Um, oh, there's um, this one family, this one mom, I always see them driving. They always roll down their window and their child just waves. And it's the sweetest little thing. I almost broke down crying once because when I see a child like smiling and just waving and seeing the sign and just having that childlike happiness and wonder with them, I, it, makes me connect with my inner child and it makes me just overwhelmed with the happiest feelings because it's like there's children that look up to me there's moms who look up to me there's homeless people that I've talked to that look up to me and it doesn't matter if you're black or white or what political ideology you agree most with 
everyone can get behind the signs. And that's what I love most about it. Um, and anytime I get someone who scoffs or looks at me confused, I tell myself it's not for them. They're, they don't, they didn't need to see this today, but maybe it'll make them think. Maybe it'll make them wonder, like, I wonder, it'll always stick in the back of their minds. They'll always remember what, what was that? Like what, why was she holding that? And then maybe it'll have a domino effect where they start um, holding signs. I know there is this one boy um, in the town next to mine who I heard started holding, who was seen holding a sign. And I, I hope that it becomes something that's like a movement, you know, where people go out and hold it. But yeah. Oh, I love it. And I'm still like scrolling your signs here. And it's just the stuff that we need to hear. You're doing the best you can stay strong. Your mm-hmm. story is not over yet. Mm-hmm. You are meant to be here. Um, it's okay to not be okay. That's one of my favorites. And you know, mm-hmm. the people who scoff oftentimes, those are probably the people who need the signs the most because they're in the most pain, um, mm-hmm. for some reason or another, but you are a role model for this mama. Um, that is for sure. I want to ask you about the idea of self-love, you know, I'm thinking mm-hmm. to teenage years and I'm thinking to how much self-hatred I think we all feel during mm-hmm. those awkward years, but that's so heightened because of social media. You know, when mm-hmm. I was a teenager, there were no cell phones, <laughs> so <laughs> it was a different time, but with this social media stuff and these people looking so fake and, and they're, you know, filtering this and staging that, and it just all looks so good. How, mm-hmm sort of as you've, as you've moved forward in your life and done some, some important therapeutic work, it sounds like, how have you cultivated a practice of nurturing your, nurturing yourself and loving yourself, sort of that mind, body, and spirit piece that you talked about? For me, that really started when I started doing online slash homeschooling. Um, after I, I think, I think junior year or no, at the end of sophomore year, I um, started doing homeschooling and I kind of did isolate. I isolated for quite a few years. And during that time, that's when I started um, trying to stay off my phone and start. um, I started running regularly. I started working out and um, that really, really helped with my mental health was I I know a lot of people are like, I don't want to work out. I don't want to run. But for me, um, listening to like these guided meditations on YouTube and um, listening to like affirmations in the morning and, and following, here's the big thing on social media, unfollowing all the negative stuff, everything that makes you feel self-conscious, everything that makes you feel like shit, unfollow it, block it. Follow um, accounts that have good quotes, following accounts that uh, talk about you know, depression, anxiety, that talk about how to deal with it. Therapists following um, like the holistic psychologist on Instagram. She, her posts are amazing. Uh, a lot of, um, of, a lot of the things that we consume 
are made to make us addicted to social media. Um, we consume TikTok, we constantly scroll, and it's this mind, mindless scroll, scrolling where we're consuming a lot of negativity, and we don't even realize that we're consuming negativity, but it really takes moving into positivity and trying to consume positivity instead of negativity. And then once you start, I noticed that once I started consuming these positive quotes and these um, therapists uh, posts and all this good stuff, I started to be able to notice when I started going down like a negative path and I was able to, oh my, I've been holding, I don't know if you noticed, but I've been holding a crystal like this whole time and it just fell. I don't know if you can hold it but what um, does that mean Uh oh <laughs> like a crystal it's um I work at a crystal shop and um it's like a little smoky quartz oh, but it's, it helps me with my anxiety so I'm just playing around <laughs> I love it, it in my hand I love but, what you um, said about consuming positivity mm-hmm. you know I've heard it mm-hmm. said you are the five people you spend the most time with or you yes. are the last 10 books that you've read I don't think people mm-hmm. read books anymore but you know I do but um you know you are you are what you consume and, and, mm-hmm. and that goes for food for hydration but also mm-hmm. for newspapers for news for books for mm-hmm. content for quotes for ideas for you know the people we hang around And I love what you said. I think we're just so used to it. We've stopped being Mm -hmm. aware and stopped being Mm -hmm. conscious of what is actually we're absorbing. That's not positive, Mm -hmm. or that is having, you know, the the opposite effect on us, positive content. That's a big takeaway Mm -hmm. for me. You're Mm -hmm. so, so right. Yeah. And also like, um, it's funny that you mentioned reading. I have a bunch of books right here. I, you can't see it, but um, I like to take myself on little dates. And um, as I said, I've been alone for, um, I've done things a lot. I haven't been alone, but um, I've done a lot of things alone. Like I'm planning on going line dancing alone because none of my friends want to go line dancing. Um, but I take myself on little book reading dates. Yesterday, I went to the park and I just laid in the grass and I read. And laying in the grass and just not caring about what other people think, just putting that aside, you know, they're going to think, oh, she's laying in the dress. She looks weird laying in the grass. You know, I've had to put those thoughts aside and just go do what makes me happy. Go read in the grass. Go touch grass. Go outside. Go line dancing. Go go do stuff. You know, it's, you don't have to do everything with another person or with a friend or with a lover. You can do things on your own. And that's also something that I've realized too. Yeah. Because, yeah. If we, we need to fill up our own cup first, right. Mm-hmm. You, you need to, to live it in order to give it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm full of cliches today, but I love that. <laughs> it's okay. Dating yourself. Yeah. That's a great one. You, my dear, are a treasure. And I know you've said a couple of times, you know, being alone and you felt Mm -hmm. alone at different times. Um, Mm -hmm. And I love spending time, you know, and dating yourself and that stuff. But in life, I want you to know that you have stepped into the biggest, baddest ass army of amazing, wonderful, loving human beings 
who are enveloping you as you are enveloping the people in your community and the people on social media that are watching what you're doing and following you. Um, you're only 19. And all I want to say is watch out world because <laughs> there is something you are here to do. There is something you are already doing and we need you. Um, and we Thank need, you. we need more people like you. And so that's really why I wanted to bring you on the show today. I wanted people to see what pure love looks like, um, what a hero looks like, what, what an inspiration looks like. And you guys, she's only 19 years old. Um, you can find Hannah on Instagram at here's your sign Brentwood. Here's your sign, Brentwood. And we are going to link to that. Um, so you guys can find her, you can follow her and you could be as inspired by her as I am. Hannah, what's next for you? What should we watch out for? Is there a book coming? Is there oh, a podcast? I should write a, I How should do write we a get book. more of you girlfriend. Oh man. Um, I, would really like to become an advocate for not only those who deal with depression and anxiety and other forms of mental illness, but also um, those who have been in a PMIC and have seen and experienced abuse and neglect in those places. Um, a PMIC meaning uh, psychiatric mental institution for children. I don't know if um, I don't know if that's a common used phrase for it, but um, yeah, I, I would really like to do that. I would really like to get a degree in child psychology one day and really just further my knowledge on how to continue to better myself. And I'm going to continue posting about my healing journey and holding the signs and see where it leads me. That is so awesome. And I've said on this show before, you know, I truly believe in my heart of hearts that you can do anything you want with a story and with a passion for change. And so I know you will be the change you want to see in the world. That's it. There we go. (laughs) Be the change you want to see in the world. We will end on one last cliche. Yes, (laughs) but it's so true. You're adorable, Hannah. You're welcome back here anytime. And we're going to keep following your journey. And you guys check out Hannah at here's your sign brentwood.com. We'll see you next week on bar fights. Bye-bye. For listening to Bar Fights with attorney Sarah Klein, taking on issues that matter. Please check out our website at barfightspodcast.com, Instagram at barfightspodcast, or Twitter at barfights underscore pod for the latest show updates and archives.